Simply Stogies. I am one of your hosts. I am James. Uh, joining me this week, again, because he has to, contractually obligated, Nick Sirius LH Cigars. Nick, my friend, how are you this week? I'm doing well. It seems like we do a lot of these lately. Um, you know, when I, when I first said I was going to do this, I thought it was going to be a once a month thing. You know what it's, happened? Now it's, it's like now it's a couple times a week. A couple times oh, yeah. a week. Is, oh, we're just trying to see for those of you watching or listening at home, time travels hard. This is, we're recording this pre PCA. So when you're hearing this, it is July 15th and PCA is over and we're still releasing a lot of our coverage of it. So make sure you're going to simplystogies.com, checking out the website or follow us on YouTube and Rumble. If you're not watching at home and you're listening to us uh, in your car, uh, youtube.com or Rumble Simply Stogies podcast. And uh, you can find all the great interviews there. In fact, uh, the person we have today, well, I'm sure will stop by their booth. It's none other than my friend, uh, Luciano Morales, uh, Luciano Cigars. Luciano, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, James. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It, it we, were has, together, we were just together like what, uh, two months ago, right? Yes. Yes, it was. It was uh, the end of uh, or middle of May, uh, right? May. Mother's Day weekend, mild Kentucky herf. Uh, I've already smoked through almost a, a full box of uh, The Maker, which was a collaboration between you and uh, uh, Rick Rodriguez from West Tampa Tobacco. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about a ton of stuff. I have been wanting to have you on the show for years now, and it just never worked out. I always, you know, it's so hard to, to schedule things, and like, but you were always one of the big gets for me ever since I met you I at the trade show uh, in, in 2021. Because it was so small and you were so gracious and it was the first day. And I think you were my first interview at the trade show. Uh, and I'll never forget. You were just wonderful. So I appreciate that so much. So I'm very happy to finally have you on the show officially. No, thank you very much, uh, James. You've you always been very kind to us too. Uh, always had a pleasure talking to you. I think uh, we had a great conversation at the, late, at the uh, My Old Kentucky Hearth. I think it was a, it was a great time. It and was. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to be here tonight, guys. I, you know, just pre, uh, as as you mentioned, you're recording this. This is a pre PCA, but I, it feels like we're already there, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and I know that. Take, uh, take a deep breath. Take a deep <laughs> breath. Remember, it's all over. It's all in the past. I'm yes. also very happy to see you, Luciano. Uh, we met last year at the My Kentucky, yeah. and uh, I really felt I really clicked with you. Um, I remember. My first interaction with you, I was like, oh, who's this guy? You know, because the, the reality is you meet so many people. And the first thing I said to Luciano, and I realized early on, I said, you know what? I hate Luciano. I said, I hate all the bullshitters in this business. Remember that? And you were like, yeah, I get it. Me too. There's too many people, you know, that just, but you're the real deal. And uh, you have the passion for what you do. And I applaud you for uh, all, all that you have done and all the great stuff you brought out and, Welcome to the show, and we're happy to have you on. I appreciate it, Nick. It's very kind of you. You know, I I agree. I I I, I think the the world is just tired of uh, things that are not real. You know, you want to call it bullshit. You want to call it uh, fake, whatever. I, you just see so many so many stories out there, and there's a there's a trust issue going on in the world. Like we we just don't believe in absolutely anything. Uh, so smoke and mirrors, cool. smoke and yeah. mirrors. Yeah. But I, th I think like people are craving uh, reality, craving truth, and um, um, you guys are one of the 
one of the shows that likes to talk about real things. So I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight. Thank you. I, I I'm excited for it too. I'm smoking uh, right now the uh, uh, Maria, Maria Lucia, which is a fantastic cigar. But Thanks. you just announced today. Uh, before we get into your background and how you got into cigars and all that, but you just announced today that this is now a core line and you've come out with different sizes in it. You want to talk about that a little bit? Cause I was a little surprised about that, but very excited because I love this cigar. Yeah. I think uh, it was something that we, we announced last year, you know, um, some companies, they, uh, they launch uh, PCA specials or exclusives, and then they don't tell the market that they will actually make that cigar core line. We, we are very transparent about that since the beginning. When we announced it in all our press releases, we, we said, you know, this will be a core line in the future. So this is a pre-release that is exclusive for our trade show attendees. We waited a full year before uh, we, we launched uh, in, a, in, a, in four sizes. And we are fulfilling our word and... Uh, and I think everybody's extremely excited. It, it is a cigar that today is our best-selling uh, single SKU. So a cigar that's just one size, it's the one that we sell the most. So we can we can uh, keep them in the shelves here at the warehouse. It's always shipping and it's always in high demand. We also changed the box count uh, from 12 to 24. Uh, and that was really well received. We got a lot of messages today after the announcement. So... Uh, seems like everybody's excited with the new sizes. One of the things we did too, uh, we did like a survey uh, with our key clients, all the the main stores that carry our products, and we uh, we asked them, you know, like which size you think uh, you know would like to see this blend on. Um, and then we we of course had like this multiple sizes that came from everywhere, from like 60 gauge to you know uh, Lanceros. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the filter was what what can we do with the sizes that will actually maintain the truth of the blend? That's something that's very important to us. Um, as long as we don't change the blend, as long as we keep that same uh, the same taste profile. Of course, there are different expressions of the taste profile because of the gauge, the the, the, the air pressure, the the draw. Uh, but uh, but we really we knew that actually the smallest size that we could go in this with this blend would be a 46, and we decided to make the Corona Gorda, all box pressed, uh, and the largest ring gauge we could go on this is the actual ring gauge is a 54, so we cannot go any bigger than 54. So we decided to uh, to you know be truthful to to the blend uh, as we always do with everything that we produce, and you know. It's exciting. It seems like uh, there's a little buzz. So let's see if that uh, that converts into sales at the trade show. We have a, a big team coming this year. Uh, all the areas in the in the nation covered by uh, by very good reps, people that we've been training with our culture, uh, some very you know seasoned, experienced uh, sales guys, but also some new guys who. Yes. Some of them came from sales in other fields and they've been training with us for the past four or six months uh, and they're ready and they're doing an amazing job keeping a good customer service. So we're excited about Maria Lucia, excited about everything that we bring to the show this year. That's that's awesome. So, And I know that this blend is uh, special to you because you named it special, Maria Lucia. Yes. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a actually uh, very, uh, I don't know how you, how you say this, but uh, I guess the word would be supernatural story or, or uh, spiritual, whatever whatever faith you have. Um, I, my, my mom died when I was 12, right? So my my kids uh, never had a chance to, to see my mom. And uh, I'm talking about, I'm 48 now, so it's a little over 35 years ago. And at that time, there's no cell phones, no digital photo, no nothing. And then we had absolutely no picture of my mom whatsoever. Mm. Um, I was, you know, raised by my grandparents. Uh, my uncle was just kind of five years different from me, so we grew up as brothers. Uh, and I Where'd didn't you grow up. Sense. So I grew up in Brazil, São Paulo, okay. uh, Brazil, most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I we uh, didn't have a chance to uh, to interact, you know. But my memories of my mom was always like synesthetic memories, you know, her smell, the texture of her skin. Um, her voice, you know, the texture of her voice, uh, the intonation. Uh, she used to smoke cigarettes. So I remember that kind of smell of, uh, you know, tobacco and, and, and cologne sometimes, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and I can remember her personality. So th- those were things that, uh, that was very, that was always vivid in my memory. But then uh, fast forward, uh, my eldest daughter, she was 14 years old, going through a very traumatic uh uh, season of her life and she uh, she was having a lot of nightmares and dreams so it was very common for us to kind of wake up, wake up in the middle of the night and she was crying or something was happening so this night she wakes us up uh, it's I don't know what time it is uh, probably about five six o'clock in the morning and she's crying she says I saw this woman and she uh, she was dying I could not help her uh, then she makes the drawing which is uh, what the cigar ring is. Right there. Right there, there's the drawing. Yeah. She made this drawing, and of course it caught her attention because it was beautiful, and she she uses uh, used leaves to make all the arrangements and flowers, and uh, and for some reason, she, although she was traumatized by the dream, she made this beautiful drawing, like an expression of this woman, and to be quite frank, it, it, it did kind of look familiar to me, uh, it's almost like I'm seeing all my family in that uh, in in those lines, uh, but I didn't make the connection at, the, at first um, because again, uh, it, her image was not something that was that was uh, vivid. You know, it was something yeah. that was like in the in my in my kind of old memories. Um, and she made that drawing, and and we just kept it. You know, we kept it because it was beautiful. Uh, four years later. It's my daughter's Deborah's 18th birthday, and we received this box uh, of uh, a few days before uh, from a from a distant uncle. Actually, he sent me this box with letters that my mom had wrote to my father, to me, uh, my grandma. So it's a, it's a you know one of those packages with full of letters, and then there was one picture, and that picture was upside down, and in the back of the picture, the back of the photo said. Maria Lucia, 18th uh, birthday. Oh, wow. And so when we opened that box, it was exactly my daughter's birthday. So that's what I call of attention. As soon as we, as soon as we, I flipped that first photo up and my daughter sees that photo, she gets in shock. So this is the woman of my dream. 
and, and there's this wow. commotion in the living room and, and everybody's like, what? You're talking about that thing you draw like when you're 14 years old, four years ago? I said, yeah, that's the woman of my of my dream. Wow. Uh, wow. And then if you look, if you go to my Instagram, I think it's probably uh, right there in the middle, maybe six months ago we posted. Uh, you can see actually the, the real photo and you can compare and you see like the traces, like the eyelashes, the chick, you know, the, the chin. Uh, the hair arrangement, the, the the traces of her face. It's just, it's undeniable. Like it's, uh, it's, it's exactly, you know, the lines of her face. So that was a very special moment for all of us. And at first I didn't think about making a cigar with, uh, with the, with the drawing, but I did want to kind of honor, uh, you know, get that, that, uh, that drawing and, and put side by side with the photo, do some sort of a arrangement, frame it, you know, something like that. And then, it's it's interesting how it comes in chunks of four years too, uh, and then four years later, which was uh, twenty two years old, it's when actually launched Maria Lucia. Then when when actually you know the idea of honoring her uh, and, and build a cigar that would translate that synesthetic experience of of her voice, her her personality, and and collecting stories and trying to build a blend that would express those, those uh, characteristics. Uh, it was something extremely special, of course, and uh, and yeah, as it is a very personal story, it is a a very uh, remarkable experience for our entire family, and I'm glad that we get to share this with our consumers and everybody can uh, enjoy the cigar. It is a special cigar for us. It is a very special cigar for me. So, and, and obviously, consumers are enjoying it. It is your number one skew, uh, and yeah. that speaks to the blend. But I mean, what a way to honor your mom. I mean, that's just fantastic all the way around. Um, you know, and it's it's sad that you didn't get to know her. And, you know, I know that right now uh, I, I'm dealing with death and some friends of mine are dealing with death. And that's always a hard thing. Yeah. But when you're able to honor those memories and remember, like you said, you know, the, the texture of her skin, the, the smell of, of, you know, perfume and, and tobacco, which my mom always loved on my dad when he would smoke cigarettes. Yeah. She always used to talk about, she loved how that cologne and, uh, tobacco mix. So I, I think that's fantastic and it's such a great cigar. So congratulations on all the success with this. Uh, and I'm looking forward to trying the new sizes. Uh, but let's, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to, I want to try to pick this up a little bit. Let's talk about how you got into cigars. How, like, do you remember, and I know this is such a cliche question at this point, but do you remember the first cigar you ever smoked? I do. Um, when, when, uh, Bolivar, I mean, Avano's essay started to do the regional special cigars, you know, they would make a cigar for Germany, for, uh, you know, Argentina and Brazil, um, they launched a Bolivar called Bolivar Redentor, uh, or uh, I think the translation would be Redemptor, uh, Redeemer. Redeemer, Redeemer. Yeah. okay. Um, so that you can add. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so the, the, yeah, it was Bolivar Redentor. Uh, it was a very special cigar, you know, and it was done. What year was that? This was uh, this was two thousand and four, I think two thousand and five. You know, I would guess. Um, 
so relatively late in your oh, life. No, 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 no. This was like, <laughs> no, this is 2001. This was 2001 because we had, uh, we had Deborah. She was already three years old. So that was 2001. So you were mid 20s, about 26. 25, yeah. 26. Okay. No, I had cigars before, but that one was the, the most. That was the one that one. sticks out in your mind the most. Yeah, that's the one that I, I, I like. It clicked. Yeah. Right. You know, um, been smoking cigars since I was 17, but, but that one was the when it clicked. I said, oh, I like this, you know. I, I, this is something that. Uh, As I like to say, that was your aha moment when you That was my realized. aha moment. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. All that's that kind right. of salinity was, was awesome. So from, from that aha moment to, I want to start a cigar company, what, like, how did you get from, you know, point A to point B or is that point D, E or F? I think it's unrelated actually. Uh, I was uh, able to uh, build uh, a life, you know, like having my, my, uh, a stable life, let's put this way. A job and uh, uh, good good means of living. Let's put it this way uh, at a very young age. So I was uh, in my uh, beginning of my late my late twenties uh, when I could actually make a decision of uh, just uh, you know change my lifestyle. I was uh, I had a very a terrible lifestyle. I was living in three different countries. I working uh, in creating, you know, uh, private equity investment funds, uh, but in different places in the world. And that uh, that took a lot of my time, a lot of my time with my kids. So I was uh, was I was a terrible family man, actually. Uh, and I I just wanted to change that. I wanted to uh, to make a difference and. Uh, it took a very tra- also traumatic experience for me to to do that. Um, one of my businesses at the time was to uh, be a, a consultant for different uh, companies uh, for uh, tax agreements, uh, export, uh, import. So the DR government, the, the Dominican Republic government, was one of my clients, and I have a very successful case. In South America, when I helped them to um, eliminate some taxes on importation of tobacco products, that's when I met Ernesto Carrillo, met many many of the cigar makers in Dominican. But I had this special connection with Ernie. Ernie was basically my uh, mentor into into the business, the first one to really incentivize me to kind of pursue this. And he said something that really uh, struck with me, which was, uh, you know, I have this passion for tobacco and um, a manufacturing at that time he was about to sell or, or sold exactly at the same at that specific time uh his company uh his brand was called agora cubana he sold to uh at that time i think was uh was general cigars general yeah it was general. and um and he told me he said i you know i think you should, if you want to start in the into this you should start on the tobacco you know uh, learn agriculture and, and do tobacco. And uh, and he also said, you know, if you ever want to make money, don't just don't do this because, you know, he always told me that joke that everybody tells right now. But I think that was original from him. 
And he said, like, Brad, you know how you make a first meeting at the tobacco industry? Yeah, start with two. You start with two, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was his advice. And I took it to heart. So I, I, we, we came from that direction. We start growing tobacco first and then from growing tobacco fermenting, then making cigars for other brands. Then only in 2018 is that we launched uh, Ace Prime at the PCA trade show. Uh, Where did you first the, grow your tobacco, Luciano? What country? Uh, in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. In Nicaragua. Okay. Yeah, Nicaragua and then Ecuador. Kind of close, but uh, first Nicaragua. Yeah, and then uh, from uh, from that point on, you know, we, uh, over the years, we became became known as good, good constructors of cigars, but almost like, you know, behind the scenes kind of situation. And uh, I didn't, at that time, I didn't compromise much my time with my family. So I'll just come to Nicaragua, go to Ecuador like once a month, you know, at the beginning until the, the kids grew up and then I, I had more time. I also get into the tobacco uh, industry. It was sort of a healing process for me too, uh, in many ways, including uh, including with my health condition, you know, just uh, with the, the blending aspect, you know, was something that um, was really, uh, it became part of, of my, my life, my personality, and it helped me overcome many obstacles, find, uh, find a way to cope with, uh, with a lot of the, the bad symptoms that comes with, uh, with my health condition. Uh, and I tried to kind of get the best of it. You know, I, I like to say that uh, with synesthesia, that's like 90, 99% or 95% of bad things that comes with, you know, a lot oh, yeah. of uh, uh, stomach issues, headaches, uh, uh, behavioral, you know, issues like you can't sometimes be as social as you want. Uh, sometimes it becomes hard for you to tolerate, you know, different types of noises and that, that kind of stuff. But I learned how to kind of live with, and, and tobacco is part of that learning process for me. So it was a it was a healing journey for you, uh, which is great. But I think I think that that just really shows your connection to to the leaf, to tobacco, to blending, to cigars, and that shines through in your blending of it. Uh, and, and I think I when we talked the first year at Mile Kentucky Herf, which wasn't this last year, but the year before. Um, I, I, I asked you to sign uh, my box. I bought a box of, uh, Luciano, uh, Hermosa number fours, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you said that was your favorite size in that blend. And I really wanted to try it and kind of see, try to taste it the way you would. Right. And, and if that's your favorite blend and that's what I, that's your favorite size. I want to, I really want to try to understand it. It's a great cigar. And I asked you at the time, cause I, I felt like such a mark asking you to sign the box. And I said, how do you deal with that? Because everything, and, and I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of not because everything you've touched really has turned to gold. Your cigars are sought after. People love all, almost all of your blends. Um, it's always a big deal when you come out with something different. Like when you came out with the Moss Igneous last year at the trade show, that was a big deal. That was the talk of the trade show. Like this is meant to be paired with wine. They're like This is taking it to another level that not a lot of blenders and manufacturers do. And, and people do ask for your autograph and they come up to you and you're very successful in what you do. And you're, you're talented and you're not just talented 
when it comes to tobacco, but uh, you kill it on the karaoke mic. Like if YouTube wasn't going to copyright <laughs> me, I, I would I would share some of those videos, guys. But YouTube, they wouldn't let that wasn't let me do it. I'll get a strike. Uh, but you you nail it. You're a musician. Um, you're very t- so. How do you deal with all of that success and all of the? I don't want to say pitfalls that come with it, but there are a lot of eyes on you. There's a lot of attention. You get a lot of attention from consumers. How do you deal with that? You're always very gracious about it, but how, how do you deal with that success? No, I think you're being you're being a very kind and generous uh, with uh, your statement. I uh, first of all, I don't think I'm a musician. I I I, I like music. I. Oh, I play come on. by yeah, I have fun. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's part of my my. Uh, if you're having, life, if that's just you having fun, <laughs> Luciano, I don't want to see you actually try because, like, you killed it. You absolutely killed no, it. No, 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 no. But listen, I don't think it's. Uh, I honestly don't see it in that light. Uh, I think. I I believe that. Listen, we have we have different audiences in the cigar industry, you know, and. It seems like uh, companies like ours, and I could mention other other brands that people like to call uh, boutique or or medium-sized brands, whatever, uh, that really captivate maybe 30% of, of the entire cigar audience, which are the cigar nerds, are people that are really interested in different flavors, different taste profiles. And I think we speak to that, uh, that audience specifically. And then you have what some people call the mainstream, you know, uh, where you have a lot of uh, kind of brand recognition, you know, like people, um, and but that 70% is considered the eventual smokers, the guys who smoke less than a box of cigars a year. Some of them actually one cigar a year, but they are the majority. So they are the guys who buy cigars without even knowing much about tobacco, but they buy because they see the brands in the magazines or because the, some brands are so popular, so well-established legacy brands. Uh, that they feel like it's safe to buy something because there's, there's this brand recognition. It's the so, uh, Me Too brands, we call them. The Me Too. Everybody yeah, wants a Me exactly. Too. Exactly. Everybody wants It's like, you know, it's the Fuente, is the, the whatever I want to mention, like Padron yeah. and Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is awesome, you know. And I think uh, in our audience, in our like 30%, there's many companies uh, that are. Uh, super friends with each other, but competing in a way, right? So we are competing for for the attention of the consumer in that uh, in, in that realm. Uh, I when when someone comes to me to talk about uh, you know the blend, the cigar, what what he finds disruptive, what he finds that's unique about the blends, I think those conversations really attract me. I, I, I like to talk to people, especially when there's a meaning, where there's something there for us to talk about. I do have a hard time, and maybe it's also because of the medical condition of the small talk, like weather talk and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, but we have to do it, right? We have to do cut and lights and go. And, and and I actually, it's not that I, let me rephrase this. It's not that I dislike. I just prefer, you know, like deeper conversations and like trying to understand the whys. So uh, answer your question, I think, uh, I don't think that it's that big as, as you put. I think I don't ever... I, and to be quite frank, I don't think we're ever going to be uh, a legacy brand in that sense. You know, I, I also don't believe that uh, there will be a new Padron or a new Davidoff or, yeah. or a new Rocky Patel or a new uh, Fuente. I think there was a time in history 
when uh, building a brand around the personality was very common. And those are tremendous legacies that this personality has left to us. And I think what, you know, Carlito do, the family, Fuente family did for our industry, the, the, the Newmans, uh, you know, the Rocky, it's, it's, it's invaluable. It's amazing. You know, I think that we should all be thankful for and at the same time, not try to replicate because I don't think it's it's something that you can do it again. I think we live in different times. Uh, I think that that thirty percent, it's probably going to become fifty percent very soon, and maybe uh, you have more smokers that are actually searching for uh, really, you know, to know what they're putting in their mouth. You know, what what is in here? What kind of flavors you you have? See, see, the wine industry was was very similar. There was a time where people buy wines, famous brands, uh, just because they heard of, and there was mystery sold. People would just buy into mystery. You know, what is this? Oh, this is fantastic. Just have it. It's from this place here, from this distributor, from this, this vineyard. Now everybody likes to know what's in the wine. They like to brag about the wine, the region, the grapes, where it comes from. It feels like the more information we provide to the consumer, uh, the more attracted the consumer are to uh, to the products. And I think we are living that era. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy that we are. So I think that if I, if, if someone, in fact, you know, recently I had that question. It took me a long time to answer because I had to kind of visit my thoughts and and really process the question to, to, pro- to properly answer the question, uh, which was like, if you have to resume, you know, if, if you have just, if you can only say one word that would represent what you differentiate yourself from other brands, it took me a long time, but I, I think uh, it is a disruption. And disruption. Why, 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 why disruption? Why disruption? Disruption because I've always thought that, um, it was too easy for me to smoke a cigar and replicate that blend. So I, if, because I, because of the flavor memory, like I can, I can remember that cigar that Bolivar I smoked, uh, you know, in 2002, I, I remember that every single, if I have access to the tobacco, I can make that again. So I always felt like making a good cigar that I tasted before. It felt like cheating. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. yeah yes, no, it does. It makes a lot of so sense. It, 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 it almost forced myself to try to create something different. I'm not saying that I succeed all the time. In fact, uh, and my grandfather used to say that if you have, uh, if if you don't lie, you don't need to have a good memory, right? So I don't know what I told you about the their most number four of the dreamer, but I can tell you this: it's probably one of the most common blends that we have. Uh, I think, I know it sounds crazy what I'm going to say, but I think there are other lanceros that are way better than mine. I think that 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 cigar showcase the good tobacco quality that we have. I think it shows the the quality of the fermentation of our tobacco. Uh, it shows the quality of our tobacco, but it's probably the most common one. And but everything else we launched since then, I think it's been uh, different, you know. And it's always again, I, it's I'm not bragging about it because it's always fifty fifty. You know, when, when you yeah. launch, if you, when you launch a new taste profile that you don't have the benchmark for, and, and if you, if you visit your memories, you, you understand this is 
if you uh, if you when you smoke something and then that's something reminds you of something you smoked before sometimes a better version of something i hear a lot of people say oh this is a this is, it tastes like a little bit like padron oh this tastes like uh, like davidoff but it has a little more flavor so you always relate to an existing taste profile right yes. um but if you notice there are certain cigars that when you smoke for the first time you think like i never had this before in my life and I'm not even sure I like it. You yeah, know? It, it takes and, a couple and, of, of cigars yeah. to get through it to be like, is this really something that I'm going to enjoy? It's sometimes it's a taste acquired. But I think we, we've been fortunate that uh, some of the stuff we launched, you know, was the other 50% where people would say, oh, I like this. And it's new. And it's different. Uh, and to be honest, when I get the question, what you guys are pursuing, what are you striving for? I think for me, it's always to create that. Is to create one cigar that will kind of be a different taste profile, and and it takes uh, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of effort, a lot of trying errors, or sometimes it comes just comes by accident. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you feel like your your creative uh, season is gone, and then you have to you. you well, find that inspiration, pressure. right? You got to find that new inspiration, <laughs> something to motivate you to to yeah. create. Yeah. No, I, I I totally understand. You have said a lot that I kind of want to try to unpack some of it because there's a lot there. And and the biggest question that, that stands out in my mind out of everything that you just said is, you know, some of these legacy brands, the, the Rockies and the, and the Fuentes and the, they're not always going to be around. And so those personalities, the industry is going to change. There's going to be a transition. What do you, and that's probably, I mean, if we're being realistic in the next 20 to 30 years, we're going to see that transition probably slowly, but what does that transition look like in your mind and how are you positioning yourself? Because nobody gets into business to not make money. I, well, uh, I, I, I truly think that those, those legacy brands, and I call legacy because I think they will last forever. Hmm. I don't think Padron, uh, unless they screw up with the quality too much, but if they keep the quality, they keep doing what they're doing. They're gonna, I oh, think sure. people will love it forever. And but those and that's, personalities, and I think, I think these guys create something super special that would last uh, for a very long time. Sure. You know, I don't see that changing. What what I see, which is sometimes even frustrating watching, it's all these companies trying to be like them. I think that's the that's the 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 error. You know. That I, no, that I most common in this industry. I, I would agree. And like you said, you know, brands have been built around personalities and you think that that is going away. I think and so. Yeah. So if that's going away, that's a transition because you won't have the Carlitos and you won't have the Rockies and you won't have, you know, the Jorge's, you won't have the Pete Johnson of the world who have, who are cults of personality in and of themselves. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But when those personalities either decide to retire or sell the company or go do something else, that's a transition in the cigar industry. What does that look like in your mind, that transition away from the personalities? And mm -hmm. is that going to allow the tobacco to shine a, a little bit brighter than the personalities? I think I think you mentioned some names like you put in the same uh, in the same group, some names that I think. Um, uh, just just an example, like you, you just mentioned Pete Johnson. I admire a lot what Pete Johnson does. 
because I think uh, there is maybe uh, uh, something around his personality that 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 you know people love, but actually, he's a he's truly a tobacco guy. Like he's he's someone that blends and been spending you know a good portion of his life yeah. uh, learning tobacco and learning how to blend and, and trying to come up with, uh, with with disruptive products as well or to create best versions of of the possible uh, tobacco and he has access to a lot of good tobacco too. So I think it's a, there's a different type of, again, I think our, our industry is so diverse. It's, it's hard to kind of answer with one recipe or, or one prediction of what's going to happen, you know, in that transition. I, I think that again, this legacy brands will, will last for long. I think, um, you know, a drone, if you look at uh, George's personality, uh, he always puts, he centers everything around his father, even to this day. I don't know if you notice, like every single ad on Cigar Aficionado, it's always uh, Jose in the yeah. front and, and, and George is in the background uh, and the focus is on his father. I think that tells a lot. I think he understands that more than anyone. He knows that the name of his father is eternalized and, and and he should just kind of, you know, keep doing the quality. And, and George is the the brain behind the business. Not not, not many people know that. Uh, you know, Jose Orlando was this guy who who was super creative and and, and disruptive and 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 a true tobacconist. You know, uh, George was the one who took that company to the next level. A lot of people think he inherited. He didn't inherit. He created. So he turned that uh, that company into this this amazing uh, amazing company. But anyways, I think that that's what happens. You have better executives working in these companies. If they don't keep the quality, I think people will, will stop buying them. Yeah. No, because I, again, people are people are looking for uh, people are searching for truth, uh, for quality, more than just the mystery, more than just the the name. More than the cult that, of personality. I think that's the trend. That's my point. Yeah. But, but again, companies like Davidoff, like Padron, I don't think they will ever have issues with quality. That's that's my point. I think they will always. They always keep it up because they have already a business really well established and they have access to tobacco. They are guys, they are uh, on the top of their game. Uh, and so, so the other ones, I mean, I, I really don't have, uh, don't have anyone to say anything different. I think the, the, now with this medium sized guys, I like people who just embrace their identity, you know, like, uh, I see, you know, companies like Roma craft who, who, Skip always say, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to grow more. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with this amount of clients that I have, this amount of cigars that I make, and everything that I produce is already sold. And he embraced that, and he has a, he has a market that, that has always been faithful to him, and he doesn't want to be a padrón, he doesn't want to be a dog. So I like people who embrace the personalities. I also like the, the new companies who are who are surging and trying to kind of, you know, develop and and I and I think that probably today. There's more opportunities for these companies because, again, people are looking for different things. You know, Anyways. yeah. I, I have, I have the uh, the blessing of having two, uh, you know, cigar manufacturing owners here, Luciano and and uh, Nick Cirrus. And mm-hmm. I want to ask both of you this question: Is there room in the industry for more cigar manufacturers? Because it seems like, especially during uh, the COVID years, like. Cigar manufacturers are popping up right and left and like the trade show. I, I'm just going to be honest, like, cause I, I know it's over now guys, but I, it's not over for me in this moment right now. 
like I'm even overwhelmed trying to get as many interviews as we have. And we've got quite a few scheduled and there's still people reaching out like, Hey, can you stop by the booth? And it, 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 it's almost overwhelming. There are a lot of new cigar manufacturers and there are a lot of people looking to, to get a spotlight put on their company and rightfully so mm-hmm. as they should. Is there room in the industry? Let me ask Nick that first and then we'll, we'll, we'll see what you have to say, Luciano, but mm-hmm. uh, Nick, what do you think? I think that every year there's what, 10, 20, 30 new people that come around. The ones that are genuine, I think the word is genuine. If you're in it for the right reasons and you, those people will shake out and continue. There's so many people that just want to pay either an homage to themselves. They, you know, there's so many reasons. I I have so many people that approach me to make blends for, and I really give them a lot of questions and I try to talk them out of it. And I'm like, listen, if you're doing this for money, if you're doing this for status, if you're doing it, believe me, there's a lot better ways to make a living. Um, Yes, you can make a living at this business, but you have to be very true to the industry. And more importantly, true to yourself and what you bring to it. What I find is, I use the word bullshitters. There's a lot of guys that want to be, they want to be these legacy brands right out of the gate. And it's just not going to happen. You have to find your lane and be true to yourself And those people will shake out. I think, you know, out of the 10 or 20, 30 people that come up every year, you know, maybe five will stay around for year number two or three. And then year five, most people pack it up and leave, you know, by that point, because they realize it's too much effort. But it's if you're just looking for that financial gain, I mean, look, you got to put food on the table. But if you do it because you genuinely love what you do, it'll come through, you know, And, and the first thing it's more of a feeling you get with people. And even before I was in the industry, when I was fortunate enough to meet, you know, Jose Orlando and Carlito and these people back in the nineties, when I wasn't even thinking about being in this business, I connected with them. Like there was a osmosis. I didn't even speak Spanish back in those days. And me and and Jose were hugging each other and talking and we just connected on a different level. I'm more of a spiritual person as well. And I do believe that this leaf, you know, in, in Luciano's case, you know, it's therapeutic and it's become part of his, his life. You know, he walks around with tobacco leaves. He's playing with tobacco leaves because it's a part of him as, as breathing air is. And when you have people like that, it's going to come through eventually, as long as you stay true to yourself, true to the tobacco, use good tobacco. Don't try to take shortcuts. And, and just really embrace what you're good at. You know, if you're not that person, people, you know, pretend they're blenders when they're really not. Listen, if you're not a blender, if you're really a marketing guy, then do marketing, you know, do what you do best. But everybody does something best. And if you hold true to that, it's a journey. I like to say the cigar industry, whether you're a consumer on a journey of smoking as your as your palate changes and as you grow, uh, same thing happens to the manufacturers. You know, it's like... I think the the answer is yes. Will there be more personalities that come out through the years? I believe there will be. Maybe not on the level of where we had because of history and and society as it is today, but there'll be more personalities that cigar brands will be based around. Of, but then there'll be others that are true just about the tobacco. And that's what it comes down to. It's And, and Luciano is 100%. I agree with him 100% with 
so many people they they want to know i don't know what happened to my thing <laughs> i don't know either <laughs> if you're watching on video all of a sudden I, uh, uh, nick went uh nick went, went uh uh blurry blurry yeah i don't wow i, I think it's my camera can you hear me though yeah no we can hear you go ahead you know it froze my camera froze. Yeah, can maybe unplug the camera and plug again, or or restart. Yeah, that might. Uh, there I go. I'm back. I'm back. back. All right. <laughs> that, was, that was weird. Love those. Um, Gotta love those. But uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I I uh, I agree with you, Nick. I think um, the I I think if I would be truthful to the to the question, I would say. Um, I think there's room for new manufacturers uh, and the people that are passionate about uh, about tobacco, cigars, and willing to learn, willing to kind of develop and grow. And it's funny, like everybody likes to present themselves as experts, right? In in everything, it's uh, it's it's part of our, we we all do like it's part of our insecurities and stuff. But nobody we we forget that everybody's learning. Even the most experienced guy in this industry, he's he's still learning something, you know, there's, there's always something to learn, especially on agriculture where there's, there's so many, uh, things, new things, new products, new seeds, new, new, new strains that, uh, that we can work with. And, and actually, uh, it affects the, the, the outcome, you know, of, of growing and fermenting tobacco. So I think there's a lot of space. I, I, I want to tell you guys something that's very special for our, for our company that I think you would like. Um, I think the biggest proof that we don't intend to build, a, although the name, the the, comp, the distribution company carries uh, my uh, first name, uh, we are building something very special where we have different brands being created. Uh, and my thought process has always been like what happens into this kind of house of brands that you see that are huge, you know, like STG, Altadis. You see these companies buying brands with personalities yep. and then they usually make them you know when they buy the company make them sign a, a non-compete agreement for five years or ten years whatever and and but they they hire what well, it's called the, the the manager buyout right the mbo so they hire them and they have to work for them for a certain amount of years and then they are released when they are released then they have to find someone else to represent the brand because now they don't have that kind of personality, the ambassador of, of the brand anymore. So my question was, what if we can create actually something from its inception that has the support of a house of brands since the beginning, but there's an independency for each one of the brands and each brand can have their own like, you know, ambassador. They'll always be connected to us because we manufacture, we distribute, we have the exclusivity to do both things, but actually we give the freedom for that person to represent the brand uh, but that person, they came and they lived in Nicaragua. They interned in our factory. They really decided to uh, learn our culture. Uh, so that's what's happening right now. Uh, the products that we launch, that we will launch, or we launch at the trade show, <laughs> whoever's watching after, uh, you see that uh, we came with some surprises. I think at last TPE, we launched Foreign Affair. Foreign Affair is a, is a brand that has basically three ambassadors or two, which is Frank, Mike, the Greek, Frank Cosio, Mike, the Greek, and I. So we're working together. Mike came to Nicaragua, lived at my house for a few months, then rented a house, 
uh, he helped me uh, grow tobacco in Jalapa. He was overseeing some of the farms for me. His wife was working at the factory, so they 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 uh, submerged into the tobacco world, and then from there a story uh, was created. Now they can tell that story. Now they can be part of something, and it's genuine. It's not uh, it's not just uh, you know a brand owner. So they they are part. So we we launching new brands and we launching brands that actually uh, we want to outlive the name Luciano. Listen, I don't have, uh, I honestly, I have my, my daughters involved in the business, but uh, so far I don't see them like taking over. Like I don't, I don't see them like, you know, <laughs> this is the, saying this is going to be my business dad. And, and so again, what, what is the, my legacy, right? I think my legacy is this, what I enjoy doing a lot is this kind of um, almost like a mentorship program, you know? So I, we, we had, I had in the past uh, four years at least three people that I, I mentored directly that came to, to Nicaragua to leave and, 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 and stay there. So we are launching a new cigar now, and uh, you guys will hear firsthand, but your audience will hear after fact, called White Panda. So uh, Panda, so why is the, the letter Y? It is the first name of a, of a Chinese guy that uh, became a very close friend of mine, a young man uh, who used to run a store uh, in in Texas, uh, a kid that came from China, immigrated from China into the United States, so did college here, uh, graduated university, and then uh, decided that tobacco would be his thing. So he, he, uh, he got to know us a little bit, came visit a couple of times, and that kid has been living in Nicaragua for almost two years. Wow. And uh, and he's been, uh, he was in charge of the Pueblo Nuevo fac- uh, farm for uh, a few months when I was traveling. He was the guy going there and supervising and, and, and watching and learning from, uh, from our people there too. So now there's a brand that carries, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of his DNA that we uh, we are empowering him to be that brand ambassador and to develop that brand. And we are presented as one of our main launches at PCA this year. That know? is, that's awesome. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why I love that. And I don't want to sound negative about the industry because I think there's a lot of positives in the industry, but there's, there's some things in the industry um, that I have heard, that I've seen that make me think that sometimes not everybody helps everybody else out. And you to take the time to really let these guys like Mike the Greek and, and why to immerse themselves in the culture and give them uh, a place to do that and to experiment and to grow and to learn and, and for you to be their mentor. That is fantastic. Uh, just the way that, you know, like you said, Ernesto helped you. And I think that that rising tide raises all ships. I think that's such a great idea. Uh, and I love it. Uh, I got to smoke the foreign affair uh, at the Mile Kentucky Herf. I absolutely thought it was fantastic. I think it's a great cigar. Um, so I commend you for what you're doing. I think it's great. And I think that's the legacy. That's the legacy that more people should strive for. You know, we talked a little bit, I think before the show um, about, you know, <laughs> the climate and people just kind of always at each other. Nobody really wants that. If we, there was more helping of each other, like you are, I think that's, there's not enough good things to be said about that, uh, Luciano. So 
I think what you're doing is building that legacy. And that kind of brings me to my, to my next question. It might be probably one of my last here for this interview uh, is because I know, look, you're ramping up for the PCA. You're going, you're going to Nicaragua, right? Like after, what are you yes. leaving tomorrow? Tomorrow. And then you're flying back in for the trade show next week. I mean, you're a busy guy. And so I'm going I, directly from Nicaragua to, uh, to Las Vegas. Jeez. Oh my God. I can't imagine. All right. So let me, let me ask you this. Where do you see Luciano cigars in five years? I see, I see us uh, with more of this, uh, more of these mentees, more of these brands uh, coming out. I see that I think our footprint in terms of distribution will, will increase. And I, I think I'll be able to spend more time to do what I love the most. Uh, I, I really enjoy uh, visiting stores, doing events like my old Kentucky Hearth. Uh, but my my passion is on uh, growing tobacco, man. That's that's what I that's what I like, and, and the blending and this whole the, the traveling thing is because we have people in our company wearing many hats. You know, like uh, um, I do have uh, you know. In the, in the management area, some very good people working on, but we still, um, we're still actually adapting, you know, we're still uh, developing, you know, a lot in, in our distribution side. Our distribution is super new. Our distribution have less than a year. Um, and we have a, we have a team now with 10 people, you know, working between brokers and, and in-house and the majority are in-house. So we decided to, really invest uh, time and invest resources into uh, training all in-house reps. Uh, and uh, I think we have a total of five of them. Uh, and then we have Ed Trevino, our national sales manager, and uh, you know the, the three other brokers that are uh, working for now, they're working with us. We just opened our... Uh, our, we just closed an agreement with an, uh, an importer in California. So now we have the de-licensing and that helped us a lot. You know, now, now we're increasing a lot of footprint in the West Coast too. I think five years from now, we will have a different footprint, but we know exactly the size we want to be too. So we don't want to grow into uh, too big, you know, uh, but we, we want to keep that, uh, you know, a decent volume where we can sustain what we do in Nicaragua. Uh, I see our tobacco operation growing more. I think we will continue to, to uh, expand that part, especially in Nicaragua. And yeah, I think this is, uh, this is what, uh, where we, we want to be. And I, and I think, you know, listening to, to you, I hear a lot of some of the other manufacturers, um, that I have a lot of respect and love for in the industry say the same thing, which is, I know, I know who I am. I know who we are as a company and I know where I want to go and I don't want to be this and I don't want to be this and I don't want to be this. I know what's sustainable for me and my company and I'm going to stay right in that sweet spot. And, and I'll be honest, like guys, if you haven't tried a Luciano cigar, you need to go try they're all fantastic. The Moss Igneous, if you're a wine guy, that's for you. That's that's for you. And that, that pairs well with a red wine, if I'm is that right? Is that correct? The Moss Igneous, yeah. Yeah. So well, well and, and I I I am actually just opened a bottle 
of the wine right here. There you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I I went through a wine phase, uh, and now I don't drink at all. Like, there was a wine phase, and I'm yeah. like, ah, nah, whatever. <laughs> but it's a great cigar, uh, and, and I love all the stuff you put out, Luciano, and you're such a gracious guy. I can't uh, thank you enough for coming on. I know you're busy. Like, he literally, guys, he walked in the door and jumped on this. He's like, hey. I'm here. Let's do this. I'm like, holy cow. So I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and spending the time. My pleasure, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing pleasure. you uh, next nice week. To you too, yeah, nice to see you, Luciano. I'll see you at the trade show. Yeah, see we will see you uh, next week. Uh, but yeah, thank you a lot, Luciano, for coming on. Uh, you are the man. I can't wait to see you and uh, hang out a little bit uh, in Vegas. Nick, uh, yes. next week, you and I and Tim <laughs> will dissect this. And by next week, I mean in a couple of days, but for you, yeah, for uh, yeah it'll be next week. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Luciano behind his back uh, and then put it out there for him to listen to. (laughs) You know what's funny? I I think it's the first time, which tells me something about the straight shows, the first time that I'm hearing a lot of people like, man, it's in the one week. It's almost like everybody's already tired, which is funny. Like I've I've talked to a lot of manufacturers, uh, you know, I've been talking to different people, you know, whatever. Uh, Nestor just, uh, it was his birthday a couple of days ago. Um, just talking to him and like saying the same thing, man, it's just next week. So it's a lot of stuff. There's so many things to do. <laughs> like, I think everybody's with that same, uh, same idea. And for us, it's a big step. It's the first time, it's the first trade show we go, uh, by ourselves, that's, that's, you know, with our own distribution. So, and we have a decent footprint at the, at the trade show this year. Uh, I think there's a big, a few surprises, a lot of details, but uh, we have a, a big crew coming, you know, almost 20 people. This wow. Is like uh, our entire team from the, the distribution, from the warehouse is coming, uh, people helping, assembling things. Husbands and wives coming to support, you know. That's right. Uh, and then we we're doing something special that we did at TP and worked. So we decided to kind of do the same thing again. So uh, instead of each one staying in a hotel room, so we rented this massive house, uh, and everybody's staying together. So every day there's debriefing. Every day there's something. And instead of having going out with you know in dinners with the clients, so we bring in the clients over and doing like family dinners. You know? Wow. We're gonna oh, grill nice. steaks. We're gonna like do, uh, that's nice. Do do things like that. So it's very intimate. I think that the theme for the straight show for us is, is truly like family. Uh, so we are we are very excited. That is uh, that's a great idea. I like that because it's it is intimate and you get to know your clients uh, much better and they get to see you uh, not on so to speak. You know because yeah. you know when you're at a show. It doesn't matter. You're on. You have to be on. You've got to be on for your clients. You got to be on for your 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 uh, your employees. You got to. You just. You're always on. Uh, and and you're right. This trade show is different. It, it feels different, and I'm excited for it. Uh, but like you said, Luciano, I am also already tired, and we're not even there yet. It's it's next week. But you guys can go to uh, YouTube uh, and uh, check out all of the uh, uh, content from there. We're going to be talking with Luciano there. Uh, plus we have so many interviews. I don't even, I can't even name names cause it's just going to be literally anyone and everyone that we can, but we've got a ton of great content coming for you. Um, check the Instagram, 
you know, Simply Stogie's podcast there because uh, we'll let you know when we're going live, but it's probably going to be in the morning every day at the trade show. We're going to do a YouTube live and then every night back at, because uh, we're staying at the Venetian. So we'll just be on the patio smoking cigars in the room uh, and uh, they're on the patio and uh, uh, doing debriefs and letting everybody know what's going on. But I'm excited to see what surprises you have for everybody. Uh, I'm excited to see you there uh, and be able to shake your hand and have an in-person interview. Always, always gracious, always fun, very knowledgeable. We didn't even get to talk about half the stuff I wanted to talk about. So we're definitely going to try to have you back on at some point, uh, Luciano, so we can we can really yeah, dive into some stuff. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Nick, next week, you, me and Tim uh, sitting down to, to dissect this. And like I said, we'll put out what we say about about uh, Luciano behind his back out for everybody, including him, if he uh, so wants to to watch. Uh, and I think it's going to be a good time. So guys, check that out. But again, uh, go to Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Rumble. It's all Simply Stogie's podcast. Check us out. Nick, I'll see you next week. See you then. All right, Luciano, oh, thank pleasure. you very much. Very nice. Thank you, guys. Thank Until you very next much. time, guys. Stay smoky.